0: Hello and welcome everyone back to the Hold for Hold Pro Wrestling Channel. I'm your host, Haima. Um, your host and your brother. sorry, Haima. And yeah, today we are going to be covering AEW Dynamite. It was kind of a stacked show, you guys. Uh, but before we dive into Dynamite, I do have some wrestling news to cover. Um, as there's kind of been a development in the wrestling world, I haven't really touched on uh, many of the things going on. Uh, in a while because I I, I don't think I'll be doing a Monday show for a little while uh, as my schedule just doesn't really allow for me to do it. Uh, So Monday Night Raw reviews are kind of off the table for uh, possibly up until January and then we'll reevaluate from there. And as we all know, I do not watch NXT 2.0. So I I believe Wednesday Night Dynamite is going to be my first show every week. You can count on that. It's, um, to be honest, the best wrestling going on right now. So uh, it's almost you can't miss it so anyways channel business aside we're gonna dive into some news um so the first thing i wanted to touch on is that xavier woods and the up, up down down creators are seemingly on strike uh so fightful select has reported that xavier woods and other content creators for the channel are taking a pause from creating content uh which i kind of noticed because i am a subscriber of Up up down down and they haven't uploaded anything in a few weeks and I kind of just thought that was because of the tours or because Woods now is King Woods. But uh, yeah, it seems that uh, Xavier Woods' deal is the main issue here. He basically doesn't get paid for the work that he does on the channel. Uh, apparently, all the money that he should be getting paid goes towards like his downside bonus or something like that. It's convoluted contract talk, but essentially it's not real money. That's going into the man's pocket, and he's working very hard. Uh, and, then, and so, in solidarity with Xavier Woods, the other creators on Up, Up, Down, Down are are all on strike. Essentially, like I haven't heard anyone call it a strike, but this is what it is. You're on strike, so that way Xavier Woods could get a better deal, and I like it. This is uh, much needed, in especially in the WWE. Um, if you guys would remember all the stuff that happened with wwe and wrestlers having twitch accounts and that being kind of a wedge uh that just seemingly didn't get resolved i mean we heard reports that wwe was gonna let people have twitch accounts but that wwe was gonna own them still at the end of the day but then kind of seemed like that never panned out and now no one has twitch accounts like uh aj styles no twitch account and he was growing being a bigger one and uh and obviously we all know where I'm going to stand on this. I'm on the side of the performers. I'm on the side of the people that are independent contractors and are being restricted. It's complete overreach by this company. They shouldn't be able to do stuff like this. And um, I'm glad I'm in full solidarity with Xavier Woods and Up Up Down Down, the whole team there, because they are putting in so much work. I can't even imagine how much work they're putting in. And they're just not seeing any of the financial revenue coming from it. You know, it's a 2 million plus subscriber channel. It's, uh, but yeah, anyways, that's the first bit of news I wanted to cover because it really does bother me that WWE does stuff like this. This is where, you know, labor rights issues get in the mix. And I really don't, I don't like it when people are exploiting other people, you know, when companies are exploiting people. But anyways, you guys. Uh, switching gears here Uh, there were some reports last week maybe a few weeks ago about Bray Wyatt he had kind of teased being on the Warner Brothers set uh, like uh, in one of their sets I guess that's what they're called sets and so a little bit of speculation started about about him maybe possibly potentially having a movie coming out or working in the film industry in general Uh, And I didn't really want to cover it yet because there was no concrete evidence to suggest that he was doing anything. It just maybe seemed like he was because, as we know, the Fiend character had uh, like a bunch of special effects done by Hollywood people. So I kind of didn't want to say, you know, he's making a movie if he was just getting a new Fiend outfit. You know what I mean? But uh, it seemingly is confirmed that that Bray Wyatt is going Hollywood. Uh, His special effects artist, um, Alistair, I forget his last name, excuse me. But his special effects artist kind of confirms it and says that this new movie or horror movie will not be based on The Fiend and will be completely new. And um, I think that's fantastic news. Uh, Bray Wyatt is someone who I think really I don't want to, I'm to pick my words carefully. I almost said benefited from the pandemic, but let's, let's, let's just not say that. I, I mean to say he made the best with the limitations that were, you know, forced and uh, enforced because of the pandemic, you know, the Thunderdome era of wrestling. I think his creativity really shined there. He, his type of wrestling entertainment doesn't necessarily work with the crowd always. And so, when he is able to have cinematic matches, essentially, in these bigger, uh, you know, more Hollywood-style productions, his character and his entire ideology is really shown for us. And uh, we don't have to worry about the crowd not getting it or it not being entertaining for a live crowd. You can just watch it and enjoy it at home. And, uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt's just a freaking... he's a good uh he's a good creative he's a good thinker he understands you know what his message is how to display that message in a convincing and uh compelling way there's the word uh so yeah i'm excited to see whatever happens here with bray wyatt i think that his he i I don't know i don't see him fitting in with many promotions really uh wrestling promotions that is i mean you go but, but the thing about Bray Wyatt is he can always change and find his avenue in any promotion. So, But just for the scale of the characters he likes to build, it doesn't really fit in with anyone. And it especially doesn't fit in with anyone other than AEW who kind of has that bigger budget. But even then, it's like, man, they already have Malachi Black. And they don't really need another spooky character. Uh, but again, Bray Wyatt can always change that. Uh, but yeah super excited for this project can't wait to hear more details about it who knows we might even do like a watch along here on the channel if enough people want to see that um but following that we're going to discuss what might be the official end of nxt 1.0 um as we all know i do not watch nxt 2.0 i think it's garbage i watched the first episode and I keep up with it every single week. I watch most clips on Twitter. And I, I listen to people like Going A Raw. Great resource there. Great other podcasts to listen to. And I'm in the loop with all the storylines. And I just am not compelled by any of it. And I, and I honestly think it's going to completely collapse on itself. But um, I don't want to get too much into that. Because I think I will make a video about NXT 2.0 and why I don't watch it. But anyways war games war games is announced for nxt 2.0 and it's not a takeover you guys it will be a special event but it's the end it seemingly is the end of takeovers that uh they're not using the takeover name and i kind of don't think they'll ever use it again unless we see some kind of rebranding back to nxt 1.0 which this point is just I, I think the company I think the brand is gonna fail before we ever see that so uh with that in mind war games was announced absolutely meaningless stipulation in this new surroundings I mean who who on the men's side is going to be in war games you know you don't have factions you have green meatheads all comp- competing for like two, three minute squash matches how are they going to do a war games you know um, it's it's not something I'm interested in. The Toxic Attraction is probably the clearest War Games match because they have a faction, and then I guess the baby faces are just gonna have to rally together to face them. But even then, you know, it's like a Toxic Attraction's only been around for what two months, three months, maybe. I don't know. It's not good. So yeah, War Games is back though. It's a it's a stipulation that everyone loves. It's been protected really well by NXT. Uh, thus far and now I think it's going to be exploited to the bones we're going to probably see it every single year no matter what around the same time because that's just what WWE does and you know not to hate on NXT 2.0 for doing this specifically because they kind of were already doing it with NXT 1.0 but the difference is in 1.0 they always had people to put in it and feuds always made sense for war games Um, I don't think there has been a War Games where the feuds didn't really make... Oh, yes, there was. There was. Pat McAfee's War Games was not... That's the one War Games I actually did not watch. Uh, It was kind of during that era where I just wasn't watching wrestling because it was Thunderdome. But then also I thought that one was a little forced. So, okay, the trend had been started. Uh, But anyways, War Games, it's going to be on AST 2.0. Don't know what it's going to look like. Um, are they going to put paint splatters on the on the actual cage? I mean, they already have a red Hell in a Cell. I really wouldn't be surprised if they have, like, some used car version of War Games where every single panel is a different color, uh, like someone's 90s uh, Mitsubishi <laughs> with different car car doors. But anyways, following that, we're going to talk about a little bit of something that's going to lead into Dynamite. Korishina Okada has inducted the best friends and orange Cassidy into chaos you guys so we're really seeing the forbidden door open up here I'm really excited because it kind of teases that Okada can make a little bit of a trip to AEW which who wouldn't want to see that Uh, he's gonna be in the U.S. here soon he's facing off against I believe his new name is Buddy Matthews uh, formerly known as Buddy Murphy which is gonna be an absolute banger I need to figure out how to watch that Um, but yeah Okada recruiting the best friends, recruiting Orange Cassidy, meaning that the best friends in Orange Cassidy are now in the same stable as Yano, which is a perfect fit. And uh, yeah, I hope to see Orange Cassidy in New Japan too. He'd be great in the best of the super juniors. But yeah, so anyways, guys, that is a little bit of a jump off point here into AEW Dynamite, which as I mentioned at the head of the show, this was a good Dynamite. Uh, A good Dynamite normally has... Two banger matches. This one actually might even be teetering on a great Dynamite because it had three banger matches and really limited the talking segments, which I kind of have felt the last couple of weeks there have been a little bit too much talking. Um, and Dynamite's always best when they just let those wrestlers wrestle because they have some of the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, starting things off, though, with possibly the best wrestler on the planet, Brian Danielson taking on Rocky Romero which I never watched a Rocky Romero match. Um, I actually didn't know anything about him. And when I saw the graphic go up, I was like, I've definitely heard his name, but I've never watched a match. And uh, commentary did a great job catching me up because I didn't know, uh, selling the history between these two and like the technical prowess of Rocky Romero. So that was really helpful. And uh, yeah, this match starts off and you guessed it, they go hold for hold here to start uh brian gets caught in an arm bar that kind of surprises him he's like oh okay uh after b danielson gets sent into the uh to the outside and orange cassie kind of uh, distracts danielson which i kind of thought was a little out of character uh but that distraction allows rocky romero to hit a middle rope dive um brian is able to make a comeback though hits a series of kicks in the corner follows uh follows it all up with a romero special which good pun uh, he's not able to put the Dragon Sleeper variation on, though, as Romero slips out, he's able to come back, uh, with a Springboard Tornado DDT. That gets him two, and it was a good-looking DDT. Um, lost my place, sorry. He sets up Brian in the ropes and nails a stiff, and I mean stiff, like, he puts him right in the middle ropes, and he just nails him with a stiff middle, uh, drop kick from, like, the middle rope. Uh, that talented terrible, but it was a flying drop kick right to Daniel Bryan's, or to Brian Danielson's face. Uh, Brian is able to catch Rocky with a discus forearm and a German suplex. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, guys. Man, I'm messing up a little bit today. But anyways, after the drop kick, he follows it up with a dive off the steps and then hits a running slice spread for two, which I thought was a really impressive move because he, the logistics behind a, a slice spread... Normally, they, like, use the turnbuckles or use the ropes to leverage themselves up, but Romero just deadlifted himself over uh, Danielson, and it looked fantastic. So, he hits that. He gets two. Uh, Brian is able to catch up, though. He hits uh, Romero with a discus forearm and a German suplex. He starts back up with some more strikes and looks for an avalanche back suplex, but uh, in midair, Romero turns the weight on him, and so he slams down on Danielson's head, which I hate seeing that reversal, but, man, is it... It's entertaining, but man, it's just scary. Um, as Brian kicks out of that pin attempt, Romero locks in another arm bar. Brian has to deadlift Rocky to like break it. Um, we get a strike exchange from these two. Romero like counters a strike into another arm bar. Uh, Brian Danielson turns into an ankle lock, back into an arm bar from Romero brian is able to break it he nails a nasty head kick and then romero looks for another slice spread this time going up the turnbuckles but danielson catches romero out of the slice spread somehow transitions him into the danielson stomps and locks in a tequila sunrise for the win this match was an unexpected banger as i had mentioned i had never watched a rocky romero match and these two had ah, beautiful chemistry just a great start off to dynamite um yeah, I just can't say enough good things. I was really surprised by this match. Um, another surprising factor here, another surprising segment, I should say, um, is the Inner Circle American Top Team here. This might be my favorite segment they've done. And that's not saying much because this has been terrible. But Inner Circle making their entrance. here, are the Judas. They're starting up. The crowd starting up. And they're attacked from behind by American Top Team. Um, so, yeah, we just get, like, a bunch of kendo shots to everybody. Eventually, it's punctuated by Dan Lambert on the top rope. He tells his boys, his dooderts, to get Jericho up. Dan Lambert powerbombs Jericho through a table, um, which is great. Fantastic. Um <laughs> so he powerbombs it through the table. Sorry, y'all. I had something in my throat. Uh, Ethan Page then gets on the mic and says that they're going to make sure Lambert pins Jericho on Saturday. But tonight, Lambert's going to tap out Jericho with the walls of Jericho. And so, Dan Lambert walks in the walls of Jericho. uh, Scorpio Sky makes Jericho tap, like, with his hand. So, Jericho did not tap. Uh, But, yeah, segment over. Quick. No talking. Pretty much no talking. And only talking from the people that I think need... To need the rub the most being you know uh Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page so I enjoyed it following this we had Britt Baker Rebel and Jamie Hayter taking on Anna Jay Ty Conti, and Thunder Rosa um I if you guys don't know this I love Thunder Rosa I really am excited to I I love her story in AEW I think this is going to be an Adam Page situation where Thunder Rosa is going to get I think she's going to be the next AEW Women's Champion for sure she's not going to be the next T- TBS Champion uh, but she's definitely going to be the next AEW Women's Champion and so anytime I get to see her in the ring I'm excited um, I was at Fighter Fest night one or night two I believe the one that was in Austin Texas and um, Thunder Rosa came out for a dark match and the crowd absolutely erupted It was the same reaction that Hangman had when he came out uh, just to challenge the elite. And so, yeah, I just see that trajectory completely the same. But anyways, back to this match. We have a chaotic start to the match. Everyone's like brawling in the ring. Uh, Eventually, Order is kind of restored. Rosa and Britt Baker start off the match, which is a perfect way to start any match. These two are just absolute gold together. They're going hold for hold. Um, Eventually, Rebel does get tagged in and Rosa takes it to her. Uh, Jamie Hayter gets a nice distraction in on Anna Jay, uh, and the dastardly heels gain control that way, so they isolate Anna Jay during the entire break. We go to commercial. We come back. Anna Jay makes a hot tag to Ty Conti. She goes after everyone with pump kicks in the corner. She hits the Ty KO on Jamie, but gets overwhelmed by Britt Baker, and then, you know, Jamie kind of regains control. Chaos ensues again. Everybody's hitting everybody with everything. Everyone's down. Rosa uh, sees Jamie Hader on the outside. So she climbs up to the top rope and dives off onto Jamie Hader with a beautiful crossbody. Um, which I think those two are going to have a match this Friday, and that's going to be a banger. Um, so yeah, she hits that. Meanwhile, ty Conti hits the DDT on Rebel for the win. Britt sees that she's about to hit the DT, and Ty Conti says something to Brit, and Britt's like, forget this. She just lets Rebel get hit with it and kind of like forfeits the match, essentially. Um, so yeah, continuing that story, Ty Conti and Britt Baker are going to be a good match at full gear. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match overall. Following that, we had Jungle Boy taking on Anthony Bowens. And not to be like that guy, but this was kind of the lull of the of the show for me. Um, this and the, and a little bit of a further segment is, it, you know, I love jungle boy. I think he's a fantastic wrestler. It's just this match, this exhibition match for kind of no reason wasn't really necessary. And I'm not the biggest fan on the acclaim. So just didn't really care. Uh, so this is kind of a nothing match. Bowens uses his power and his, uh, and caster like interferes now and then to hold control. Uh, jungle boy does eventually come back and overcome the odds beats them both essentially and we get like a dramatic snare trap where jungle boy has bowens in the snare trap and bowens is trying to crawl over to caster so that he can reach the ropes and just before he can do it he has to tap which pretty good finish i enjoyed that at least Uh, post match though this is where things pick up bobby fish attacks jungle boy yes 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 As we all know, I am a mark for Bobby Fish. And Bobby Fish came out, attacked Jungle Boy, hit that spoiler suplex on the ropes. Jurassic Express has to make the save. Bobby Fish, he's going to lose here again, but I don't care. It's it's Bobby Fish. Following that, we have a backstage segment with the Super Click, and Adams Cole says he's going to introduce someone to the Young Bucks. And lo and behold, he introduces... Bobby Fish. Uh, So, yeah, he says this is one of my great friends. I vouch for him, you know, like he's cool. And the Bucks are like, we know Bobby Fish. Uh, And they tell him uh, they know him very well. And there's no disputing in AEW. This is the era of the elite, which I love. Uh, Coles then offers Fish a match with Jungle Boy for Rampage. Kind of teasing a partnership here. He's like, you soften up Jungle Boy. We'll finish him off. Uh, at full gear kind of a weird i don't i didn't really get this Uh, but i will say so this whole like partnership it definitely seems like cole's gonna turn on fish like it doesn't seem like this was a very genuine offer uh and it didn't seem like the bucks are very interested in adding fish to their like rankings and so yeah i mean i think o'reilly's contracts is coming up soon So, Adam Cole turning on Fish, O'Reilly coming in, this could be really good. This could be really good. So, yeah, we kind of got an Undisputed Era, like, baby reunion, baby reunion. But it was enough for me to pop. I absolutely love the Undisputed Era. They're one of my favorite factions in wrestling of all time. So, yeah, really enjoyed this. Following that, another thing I really enjoy is Warlow Smashing Fools. Uh, So Warlow takes on Wheeler Yuta here, which I didn't really want to see Warlow squash Wheeler Yuta because I like Wheeler Yuta. But uh, he does get kind of a good showing. Yuta outsmarts Warlow in the beginning. He's like just dodging him and then hitting him with drop kicks where he can. But then he slips and then he gets caught with power bombs. Four nasty power bombs. And then Warlow hits that devastating knee the Casualty of War, which is a great name, uh, for the win. Poor Wheeler Yuta, but man, I love Wardlow. So I can forgive it. I can forgive it. And I think Wheeler Yuta this is definitely building up some kind of story for him. He got smoked by John Moxley. He got smoked by Wardlow. Um, he might be one of the people to break out of the Best Friends crew. I wouldn't be surprised. It kind of seems like Yuta needs a character and needs a cause and um unfortunately he doesn't really have one uh, but things don't get better for him because immediately following the match the hardy family office attacks i believe it's just the blade and uh caster somebody uh, but essentially they attack they beat up orange cassidy and trent um, and then hardy puts a chair over orange cassidy's head hits a side effect on it boom Um, like I said I'm not that big into this feud I don't think it has any heat really Um, what I do think needs to be done is kind of more tag team stuff with them because you got the Butcher and the Blade which I don't know if the Butcher is just injured because I haven't really seen him much but got the Butcher and the Blade there you got Best Friends that can be really fun and then you got Orange Cassidy you got Matt Hardy you can do six man tags that are going to be good Uh, but these singles matches I, I just don't know We'll have to see. I usually do turn around during these matches because like Matt Hardy does surprise me in the ring. Um his match with Christian a while back, that surprised me. I was like, man, Hardy is still got it. So who knows? Maybe this, you know, this just needs to build a little more, and then I'll be on board. But for right now, it's not my favorite thing, but it's not boring to say the least. It is still like kind of interesting. It's just, I kind of think it's beneath Orange Cassidy, but I understand you can't go anywhere with Orange right now, especially with the tournament going on. And then, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I kind of just would rather see him in the TNT title division, I guess. But following that, we have Eddie Kingston and CM Punk in the parking lot shouting at each other. Just absolutely just incoherent ramblings of two madmen um it's a great little segment there you have people holding back both uh both competitors and at one point eddie like breaks away from his pack and he hits a full sprint but uh, i think it's ruby ruby soho like stops him against a car and is like dude no (laughs) and uh i think escalibur calls it a jailbreak so it was pretty good it was a pretty good segment i thought we were gonna come back to it but we never did so yeah um i haven't watch rampage from last week i got a little i was at my parents place i think i told y'all i got and so i didn't get to watch rampage so i did check out the eddie kingston CM punk promo battle thing and boy that was so good and i'm ready for this match this match is gonna be brutal it's gonna be fun um i kinda i'm rooting for eddie kingston here to be honest and i kind of think he's gonna win I think this is going to be Punk's first loss in AEW. I think the story calls for it, and it'll be a redemption for him to finally beat Eddie Kingston. Because let's face it, Eddie Kingston's at a different level than anyone uh, Punk has faced so far. Uh, Maybe aside from Darby. I think Darby's like the other guy that Punk beat that's really well-booked, or like, you know, prominently booked. Uh, Eddie Kingston's definitely going to be like, Punk's biggest challenger from this bit of his story of like I'm I got a ring rust I need to be able to work again you know so very interesting stuff they're doing here I think Eddie Kingston should win it too because he deserves it man he deserves it uh, following this we have another banger match as Leo Rush and Dante Martin take on Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty um, this was a real like standout match for lee um because i think the last time we saw him or at least if you don't watch elevation dark like i do uh, last time we saw him was against bobby fish and he had a really good showing there but this is like catcher's catch can wrestling some lutez 1930s wrestling right here (laughs) boy i don't even know if lutez wrestled in the 30s but you get what i mean like this is just hot wrestling um so, yeah, it's really fun. I can't even call most of the moves, but the two trainees start off the match, Dante and Lee. They start off the match. They're going hold for hold. Uh, they earned themselves a standing ovation. It, it very much felt like a Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, ECW moment, you know, where they just have wrestled each other too fast for anyone to ever call this. And by the end of it, the crowd's like, oh, my God, what did we just see? Uh, so they do all that, they get the same ovation, they tag in their old bulls, uh, and the pace is just so fast when Leo rushes in the ring. He's moving, move, just juking out Seidel, going this way, going that way. Uh, the match eventually does break down, though, as like all four members get in the ring. Seidel kind of gets in between everyone, it's like, come on, guys, and then boom, from behind, Leo Rush just sneak attacks uh, Seidel, and that kicks off a brawl. Um, so yeah I can't even call the moves that they're doing so I'm not gonna try I would definitely just watch this match because it's just fun it's fast-paced wrestling felt very PWG tag style Uh, so yeah like I said great match and yeah it really served to also like remind me how much I love Leo Rush like I don't I didn't buy his character we talked about that I didn't like that whole like weird financial guru thing and i'm so glad they pretty much dropped it because this leo rush is p- perfect you know he's an arrogant coach that's clearly taking advantage of dante martin and dante martin is just too wholesome and naive to realize it so yeah really good and just in the ring leo rush is acting is and his character work is spot on he understands exactly how a person like that would act in the ring and uh yeah it's just great uh so yeah we get towards the finish here lee gets hit with a one of those like kicks those crazy kicks from leo rush and leo rush is like all right now now and so dante hits the moonsault he gets the pin it's a win for them for the new team um so yeah really good stuff um i'm totally on board with the storyline now after seeing this match and seeing the character development in the ring from everyone and um yeah i think this is gonna get pretty uh what's the word like touchy or you know pretty serious between Seidel and Leo Rush i think we're definitely gonna get a match between those two um and i wouldn't mind another match between Dante and Lee Moriarty i think that all all four of these people have multiple ta- or multiple singles matches together, and it'd be very entertaining. Following this, sticking with entertaining, man, Miro has a promo. <sighs> Miro is the best promo in pro wrestling. Period. Um, you know, you have your Eddie Kingston's, you have your CM Punk's. They're great in-ring promos, right? They're great con, uh, not conversational, but argumentative promo speakers. Miro is a great abstract promo, which is very, very hard to do. Uh, Other examples would be like Raven and Bray Wyatt and, uh, not The Undertaker, but you get what I mean. It's a very short list of individuals who can make, like, these, like, almost Shakespearean-esque monologues entertaining, and Miro does it every single time. Uh, But essentially, he asked if Brian Danielson knows his god. He's like, do you know my god? Which I thought was really funny for some reason. Uh, But I have a great quote here. He said, you came here to feel alive, but you are pushing the man holding the scythe. Fantastic. Imagery, perfect. Uh, This match is going to be so good. Doesn't matter what happens, that match is going to be fantastic. So definitely watch your Miro promos, everyone um his promos right now like they are career promos uh when you when anyone's gonna look as a retrospective of Miro and or Rusev's career of course they're gonna call out Rusev Day but I really would make the case that these Miro promos on a week-to-week basis are just the best work he's done his entire career in and out of that ring Woo. anyways you guys let's talk about in ring because boy we had a Oh, beautiful send-off match, main event match, as the Bastard pock took on FTR's own, the greatest luchadors in history, Dax Harwood, oh, it's so good. Um, Matches like this, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, okay? Matches like this is why I love pro wrestling. The layers of depth, each character had, you know, like you completely understand pock and Dax's entire psychology, their entire reasoning, their entire humanity, as you know those characters. You know those people inside and out. And so when you have a matchup like this, where you know they're fucking amazing workers, excuse my language, they're gonna be they're just great characters. You know their logic. You know how they act. Um. Yeah, when you see these two lock up, you forget rankings. You don't think about the stakes anymore. You don't think, well, where do these two line up in the power rankings? doesn't matter because these two are, aren't doing this for anything other than I need to prove that I can beat that guy because I'm that guy, you know? So, yeah, really enjoyed this. And I, it, it's another, like, I would consider this on the same level of uh, character built foundation maybe as like Minoru versus danielson or even cm punk versus darby allen i felt that matchup had that layers of depth to each character you know these people you know uh but anyways you guys enough of that tangent enough of my complete marking out for these two uh, we get a lockup to start it's messy it's a messy lockup uh dax like shoves Pac into in between the turnbuckles it's fantastic um so, yeah, Pac starts to chop away at Dax, literally just ripping his chest. He starts to bleed from his chest. Before the break, Pox sends Dax to the outside and hits a stiff Spaceman plancha, which I didn't even know you could make a plancha stiff, but it it was. This match is so compelling that I watch during the picture-in-picture. Normally, I don't really watch. They don't do nothing in it, but I knew these two would, and they sure enough did uh dax looks for like a pile driver on the outside Pac reverses it to a back body drop onto the ramp uh, he sends dax back in the ring dax like surprises them with a perfect double a spine buster uh, and then he cinched in a abdominal stretch till we come back from the break we come back from that break Pac is looking to hit an avalanche uh, like suplex he ends up hitting an avalanche brain buster and it looked rough Um, yeah, just absolutely rough. He follows that up with his shotgun drop kick from the top onto Dax's like back, and it just woo, it scares me every time he does it. Uh, so yeah, he does that. He looks for a black arrow, but Dax rolls out of the way. Dax is able to hit a brain buster of his own for a close two count. Pac escapes a suplex attempt and delivers a perfect thrust kick. And I mean it was like so sudden like Pac gets out of that suplex he kind of moves into the corner right which is a great catch by commentary and um and so Dax turns around and he like it looks like he's gonna swing and boom just eats a thrust kick right to the face and so he's kind of set up in that corner um so yeah Pac sees that he's like okay I'm gonna go for another black arrow he is lifting himself up Dax gets up, breaks up that black arrow attempt, hits an avalanche back suplex. Um, Dax then nails a stunning Laria that turns Pac inside out, picks him up, gets him up for a powerbomb, rebounds him off the ropes. It's a rebound Liger bomb for two, and at this point, the crowd is unhinged. They're chanting, they're loving this match, which I was too. Uh, Dax does, though, he gets him up, he starts hitting him with uppercuts, stiff as could be and Pac takes one of the arms, rolls him up for a backslide. I think Dax kicks out of it, and then Pac locks in the Rings of Saturn, and before Pac can even lock his hands fully, Dax is like, no, 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 I'm giving up. So he immediately gives up, because, you know, he's got the bad shoulder, he's going to have a title match coming up. Perfect logic. The the fact that they let characters be like this, you know, like Dax is so forward-thinking as a character, he's like, I got a match coming up. I'm just going to admit defeat. I know I can't get out of this hold. Just I don't want to get injured. Perfect. But Pac doesn't let go of the hold. Uh, This brings out Cash. Uh, He has to break it up. Uh, Lights go out. Lights come back up. Malachi and Andrade are in the center of the ring. They start to beat down on Pac. This brings out the Lucha Bros and Cody Rhodes to make the save. So we get a chaotic brawl here. Oh, I'm really enjoying this feud. Purely because we get to see amazing matches every week. I'm still not the hugest Cody Rhodes fan. He definitely doesn't fit in with this crowd. But I think it's tongue-in-cheek enough to where it's like, okay, he acknowledges the Deaf Triangle really is a weird stable for him to be connected with. But it's through a mutual hatred type of deal. And it is announced that we will get a tag match. Uh, it's gonna be Pac and Cody Rhodes taking on Malachi Black and Andrade Cien Almas. So that's gonna be a really good match. And you know, Cody Rhodes character-wise isn't really as um, uh, I don't, I don't know, up to par as everyone else's, in my opinion. Um, as much as I do love Cody Rhodes and I think that he's a fantastic wrestler, he can tell a great story in the ring. It's just like lately his character is lacking uh irony. Or it's too ironic for him to not really be touching on it. You know what I mean? Like, he's not in on the joke that he's saying. And so it kind of makes it, like, uh, kind of cringe. So, but anyways, that should be a fantastic match. This was a fantastic match. And I'm so glad we got to see it on AEW Dynamite. Following that, the real main event, the, like, true main event, it's Heyman Page and Kenny Omega's contract signing. Um, the Elite and Dark Order are both, both stables are banned from ringside. We got like a short little video of each of them leaving the arena in their own ways. And uh, I love stuff like that. Like that little detail of like, you see, they're gone. Like, that's great. Uh, Omega calls out Page like pretty much right off the bat for his insecurities, saying that the fans don't know this. But when the cameras aren't rolling, it was the elite that were picking up Omega and putting him back on that or picking up Page and putting him back on that saddle. You know, really kind of challenging Paige's idea of the cowboy spirit of him hoisting himself up by his bootstraps. basically saying, you didn't do this alone. We did this for you. Uh, Paige throws some shots back at Omega, says that you know what it was like to be in a tag team where you didn't necessarily think you were the best member of it, which is a callback to the Golden Lovers. Uh, Omega says that everything he's done and everything he has I'm sorry. Everything that he's ever done for has been for Paige to get to this moment for Paige to stand across the ring from Omega and fulfill his destiny. And then he closes it by saying, I'm so proud of you and let's tear it up on Saturday, which was really out of character. And you're like, all right, something's going on here. And sure enough, as soon as Kenny Omega looks to leave the ring, Don Callis blindsides sides page disguised as a cameraman. So he nails page with a camera. Um, omega starts laughing in his face and he signs the contract with adam page's blood and oh my gosh this match is gonna be so good you guys oh i have some really unfortunate news as well i won't be able to cover friday night smackdown aw rampage or full gear this week Uh, this is november it's my busiest month with work school and my lady her birthday our anniversary all falling in the same weekend and uh her parents coming into town so i'm really sorry i know this is my third pay-per-view that i have not covered in the three months i've existed but um i'm hoping to still cover it on monday or tuesday but i'm not gonna promise that because i just don't know if i'm gonna have the time Um, but you know for sure I will be watching this Omega Hangman Page match, the Lucha Bros match. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, this is one of the most stacked cards. I'm going to try and release a prediction video tomorrow, uh, just briefly touching fantasy booking and predicting as I did for Crown Jewel, but yeah, just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to review any more wrestling this week, so this is my one video of the week. Very sorry, um, but please... Hang out over at the Twitter and on Instagram, both at hold for hold You can see them right here if you're here uh, on YouTube or Twitch. And you can find me on any podcast app. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. Wherever you want to listen to us. And I really would appreciate the support and love. Um, Yeah, man. Um, Especially on the Instagram. I've been doing a bunch of memes uh, that I think are really good. Like, I really put my, I put my brain, my big, fat, juicy noggin on them, So, yeah, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts about Full Gear, about Dynamite. What do you guys want to see? Oh, it's going to be crazy. Um, But anyways, you guys, on that note, I'm going to be leaving. Um, Hi, Phony08, and uh, peace out, you guys. Thank you, guys.